Welcome to the Weekly Exchange, an Explominate podcast where we talk about Forex, strategy, and tactics games news, patches, devlogs, and much more. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. It's me, Rob, and today I'm joined by Ben. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. So, as I mentioned in our last podcast, I said that I he's he's known as Battle Mode on Discord, and last time I totally ditched him. So it's super good for him to have stayed up all night because I think it's like three in the morning where he lives, and I, I you know I'm just glad to have you here. So thank you for joining me. You're very welcome, sir. Very welcome. And it's we two. Have... It's only two, so yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, well, still, it's two in the morning. I would be yeah. asleep, very much asleep. You know, I, I, I'm just, I, I am a night owl, but yeah. with my kids and work schedule, I, I start to fall asleep right around like, and I, I definitely feel sleepy around eleven o'clock. So two o'clock, I would be like falling asleep at the keyboard. So I, I admire your willingness to stay up, and I appreciate you being here with me. Oh, no problem at all. Usually I would be as well. Um, at the moment, I'm a, being an eternal student. Um, it's quite easy for me to kind of shift my sleeping pattern a little bit. And my both myself and my girlfriend are both kind of night owls anyway. So it's no problem, man. Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd love to have you and Drexy on at the same time because I feel like, I mean, you're both, <laughs> you're both br- British, but like <laughs> you have different, it, the sounds of your accents are different. It's weird. I'm sure it's the way it is in America. Like, you know, like if I'm, I'm from Virginia, but if we got someone on from Texas, you'd be like, oh man, that's a, that's a crazy accent, but they're still American accents. But I, I wonder where, sure. yeah, I wonder where the difference is. What, what part of Britain are you originally from? I'm from uh, right smack bang in the center of England, a little Derby well it's not a little town it's a it's a city and it's a it's about 20 miles away from Nottingham which you've definitely heard of um uh not Nottingham being Robin Hood and um I suppose it's also the it's the home of Games Workshop so you know Warhammer oh, all that kind right. of stuff yeah. so that's like you know me and my buddies all grew up playing Warhammer it was just a thing that we all did so right. yeah um and Drexy's from down south if I'm if I'm judging his accent right so <laughs> um, my accent's also kind of neutral because I've I've uh, I've worked in performing performance arts a little bit as well. So um, yeah, my accent's kind of all over the place where I'm from. Well, I erroneously said that you had a Scottish accent because you are in Scotland, right? <laughs> I am. Yes, I I, I I live just outside of Edinburgh. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, I, I assumed <laughs> correctly <laughs> that you'd have a Scottish accent, but no, that's super cool. <laughs> Again, it's super glad to ha- I'm I'm super glad to have you. So, um Thank you. let's talk let's talk some forex. I know that you're okay. also a big forex fan as I am and Yes. I we am. have some things to talk about this week. So, could you tell me a little bit about Stellaris's dev diary this week? Right. Okay. So, dev diary number 168, uh, which was a Q&A on the diplomacy system in uh federations. So, it was there's some stuff about general diplomacy, I think, and uh, I can read out a few of them if you like. So, they were talking about uh, somebody was asking if diplomatic deals will get a similar treatment in federations, um, and they're saying, and the answer was, well, diplomatic actions now require certain relation levels before being able to be proposed. So, um, I guess they've got some new kind of mechanics going in there um, with regards to with the way that diplomacy is just working in general. Um, so, and obviously, these, these they're saying that you have to have a certain le- relation level before certain things can be unlocked. Um, Will the interstellar assembly megastructure mechanics be changed for the update? And they're saying, yes, the immigration bonus has been replaced with a diplomatic weight bonus. And at stages two and four, the interstellar assembly grants additional envoys. Um, There's some stuff about expanding the ways uh, to improve relations with other empires beyond current resource bribes. And they're saying that there's a new diplomatic action called improved relations, which allows you to increase an empire's opinion of you. That sounds like kind of standard forex there, doesn't it? Um, will AI empires be able uh, that convert my territory try to sabotage relations? Um, in other situations, will the AI try to modify relations the way I think it should be? 
AI empires will use to improve relations envoy action if they're in, interested in pursuing other deals. So yeah, it looks like they're, they're just talking about some of the new mechanics that are going in um, in order to to shake up the diplomacy system. Because I know that you've been talking about this quite a lot, Rob, that you, uh, you it was one of the main critiques you had of Stellaris. Yeah, since the beginning. And I, I, you know, from the changes that I'm reading about, I really like the idea that they're moving towards a Europe universalist diplomacy system. You know, like you were saying improve relations and that's done through envoys like it is in Europe Universalis. So, you know, you only have a limited amount of those, a limited amount of like diplomats basically. And you can only send them to certain people, certain factions, and you can work to like degrade things or you can work to improve things. And yeah, I think that that's cool to see that there's like more of an active element to diplomacy. Sure. That sounds a very paradox as well. I mean, that's the, I think the diplomatic uh, side of those games like EU4 and, you know, Crusader King, that's where they really shined. And they, if they can bring that experience into Stellaris, I think people were expecting that from Stellaris right from the start. And it didn't really, they just kind of went with that generic 4X, you know, the, the easy safe stuff. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what they're going to do there. Yeah, I, I am too. And I'm, I can't imagine that we're going to be waiting much longer just uh, you know i'm hoping it's like march maybe april time so like i yeah. again i think you and i have spoken we've talked about how you know it's funny because almost everyone that i think is a i rather i would say you know uh, i don't want to say like crazy fanatic of forex but like anyone who has like a, a deep understanding or even a moderate understanding of forex has like a love-hate relationship with stellaris and you and I were speaking before this podcast and you were saying the same thing that, uh, you know, I think that you and I have a very similar outlook on, on the way that Stellaris has come out and sort of played out. And yeah, it's it's something that I'm hoping this 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 expansion, I think, really will be a make or break it for me. If it doesn't do enough to draw me in, I think I might just drop Stellaris altogether. Yeah, so. I, I, I understand. Look, they, uh, Stardock did it with Galsiv, yeah? They, they, they turned that game around, and now Galsiv 3 is great. And it wasn't gr- that great when, when it was first released and with the first couple of patches. So Stardock can do it. I'm sure Paradox can. And, you know, I've been mean about Stardock in the past. Uh, sorry, about uh, Stellaris in the past. And I think it's a little unfair, because I think what we, we were just saying before the, the podcast there's a there's a there's a whole lot of people who are really quite happy with Stellaris because they're not they're not really seeking the kind of game where you're constantly challenged by really highly technical game mechanics and you know they want to be really battered by the AI at every level. You know, there's a lot of people who just really enjoy the experience of it. And I, I can I can certainly fit into that, you know, that kind of role as well. I really like the role play element in it. And, you know, some of the stuff that you can do with your with your factions, it's just really great. It's really, really great. They just needed to they need the AI to catch up with all the mechanics changes that they've made. It that they've made, and it seems like you know. Hopefully, hopefully, if they if they can do that, while studying all this new dip- diplomacy stuff, it could be a great game. Really, it could be it could be one of the best forex games. Agreed, a hundred percent. And I'm hoping this is the the home run that I think that Stellaris needs. So we will find out. It's certainly looking pretty good. I mean, the answers are right. <laughs> like I read yeah. those answers to that Q and A, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. I like that. So uh we'll see i'm yeah. hoping i'm really hoping so anyway speaking of games that are uh well actually no it's nothing i couldn't segue as well as i'd like to um <laughs> amplitude studios and their new game humankind is now um i, I mean it's at some point it's going to come out this year so we are looking at developers diaries videos and they have started off like this series where they're going to have i guess the developers come on and talk about some of the game mechanics and something that I really, that, that there's one that they just released. It's the first initial one. And something that really stood out to me about that was that they talked about how they're really trying to make the, like the way that civilizations have melded through like the um, combinations of different cultures make right. that like a game mechanic here in humankind. So I really dig that idea. I think that it's cool to have like, yeah, you know, I mean, throughout history, you have various cultures that have like you know, maybe conquered one another or have sure. m- melded in ways because they were so close to one another. And yep. of course, they rubbed off on one another and, and made a new culture in its, in its own way. So yep. they've utilized that thought and that mechanic and that idea to um, create something that's entirely new to like a civilization or historical 4X. So we're, we're going to kind of 
figure out what they plan to do with that further. But it sounds like, you know, at the very least, you're going to have some sort of input as to way the way your civilization brings in and, and utilizes different cultures and, you know, maybe different focuses that those cultures have. So it's a very good video. It's a short video, but it's very good. So I'd recommend watching it. So click on the link, but I'm, I'm excited. Humankind is absolutely 100% on the most anticipated list for me. Like even just outside of Forex, it's definitely on my list of most anticipated games for 2020. Uh, I mean, altogether. So very excited. I think Amplitude can do a really good job with this game, I think. Even if they just, you know, culture has always just been kind of a number that increases and then it, it kind of expands boundaries out and sometimes culture flips stuff. And, you know, there's so much so much more that can be done with that mechanic if people think about it carefully. So I don't really know much about humankind, but it, from what little I've heard from what you guys have been talking about, it does sound interesting. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> Civ doesn't do it for me anymore, man. So I think I think I'd like I'd like to play another historical forex that that approaches that approaches that genre from a different angle. You know? Yeah, I think it's time for someone else to to tackle it and to do something different and yeah. new with it, and to kind of like you know push the boundaries a bit. And I think Amplitude is the right studio to do that. And I I'm Absolutely. personally very excited to talk about it. I I can't wait until I'm you know unleashed, my muzzle's taken off, and I'm able to talk about it because <laughs> I think that it's going to be something where people are going to be like, oh wow, like that sounds awesome. <laughs> and you know, of course, I'm I'm playing very pre-alpha builds, so there's still a lot of things that are changing. And um, I mean, almost every time that we get a new build, something has even dramatically changed at some level. So. I would imagine, and I'm not, I'm not in the know of this, and I'm only basing this on the, like the, I'd say the development pace of where it is right now. That this is a late 2020 game, yeah. But yeah, I, I think regardless, the things that I'm seeing now are extremely promising, and I believe that that Amplitude Studios is the right right studio to to tackle, or even to like push Fraxis a little bit. So yeah, we'll see. That's good because anything that pushes Fraxis to do to to change how Civ's going because they're not gonna they're not gonna give up on that franchise and there will be Civ Seven at some point. And oh, the, absolutely! The, yeah. I, the last two kind of passed me by to be honest. So I'm kind of interested to see what see what happens there. Hmm. Me too. So hmm. Ben, can you tell me a little bit about Alliance of the Sacred Sun's new military system? <laughs> the military systems blog. Okay, so I'm just having a quick look at this now. It looks like this military system has been in it's they've been in development for a little while and I know the devs have been talking about it on the on their Discord quite a lot. Um I honestly I haven't read this through. Um so it sounds like that the the whole game, as far as I've been playing, it has been completely devoid of any military system whatsoever. You can I think could you build ships in it even? I'm not even sure that you were. No, yeah, no. Or, they weren't even it, I think up until I mean I still even now the build I'm currently playing and I think you were in the beta right too. Uh yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I pre I pre-ordered the game, yeah. Right. So yeah, the builds that we have right now are definitely void of any military in or like any any military mechanic whatsoever. Yeah. So it's looking like they um, you have to research your ship, shipyard technology, and there's different ty- there's different sizes of shipyards, and each one of these shipyard these shipyard types they develop shipyard points, uh, which are similar to the build points that you've got. Um, and I think let's have a look. Uh, uh, yeah, and then you're going to be assigning your much like uh, the rest of the game. It looks like you're assigning these jobs to your uh, advisors. Is that right? Is that kind of what it's saying? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it looks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Alliance of the Sacred Sun is really, really interesting. It's approaching that four X thing from a completely different angle, and much like Stellar Monarch, which we're going to talk about shortly, I think. But it's you know, um, it seems like the military is very much in the same in the same manner. Shipyards use ship components as their resource, which are generated by ship component factories. Yeah, this sounds like complex stuff. I urge anybody listening to go and read this military systems blog. Um, it's quite long, <laughs> so. Come and check it out. Yeah, it is very long. I tried to skim through it, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> My, I have such a short attention span. I was just like, I read through like the first two paragraphs. I skipped ahead, and then I was like, cool. Uh, I'll just play it when it comes out. <laughs> the, the only person who writes long, who writes more, Chris Pox, bless him. <laughs> he God, he yes, also yes. has the amazing to uh, quickly, very quickly write lots of lots of words, like really, really fast. <laughs> I sure hope so. I hope that he's writing that really quickly and it doesn't take him like four hours to write those things because Chris Park's dev diaries are like 
incredibly detailed and super long. So I hope he's just mm. the fastest typer ever. He didn't ask me anything on Reddit, and I think uh, you know he left it open for twenty four hours. And there must have been about six weeks worth of material there. <laughs> he, he answered so many questions so fast as well. It's like, that guy must be a genius. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was really fun to talk to. I, I've talked to him twice now, and I just, I feel like he's yeah. relatable, but he's also, like, you can, you just feel, like, the intelligence behind his words. There's there's a lot going on in that brain, so I'm I'm definitely... Yeah, a very emotive guy. Exactly, yeah. So. And, yeah, no, and I, I, we'll talk about his game, too, here in just a bit as sure. well. So what's next? Stellar Monarch. Tell me, there's a short little, small little update. What, what was it all about? Uh, Stellar Monarch. This is uh, the release of version 1.43 with the Autonomous Fleets Overhaul. Um, and so there's a redo of Autonomous Fleets Conquest, Conquest Orders Processing. Now fleets cannot reserve the Conquest Order, but instead the first the first eligible fleet that is ready will execute the order. So some fleet stuff, basically. They've added patrol squadrons, which are used as a fast reaction res- defensive fleets. Those will be sent to newly colonized conquered planets in order to strengthen the defenses till the regular guard squadrons can be properly created and reinforced. Um, he's added some more features. Now you can prioritize a planet for astro engineers for all purposes, terraforming and satellites. A planet that is manually prioritized by the emperor has a much higher priority on the astro engineers task list. And uh, there's some, it looks like there's some optimization for graphics and uh, a few other bits and pieces in there too, some fixes. They fixed the incorrect Stormtroopers gain and the game version was sometimes displayed incorrectly. There we go. <clears throat> yeah, and so Stellar Mark, Stellar Mark is a game that I've played a few times and I've every time I started to play it, I'm like, wow, there's some really cool things here and I really enjoy it. And then like, you know, I'll play like an hour or two <laughs> just because of life or because there's so yeah. much on my plate that I, I just don't come back to it for like, you know, two or three weeks and then I'm like, crap, how does this game work again? And then it's a learning process all over again. So I, we never actually got the opportunity to, to do a full review of the age of technology. I think that's the expansion. Sure. Yeah. And I was hoping to do a full one. So if, I mean, I, while we're on the topic, if there's anybody out there who's had a lot of experience with it, that likes to write and would like to write a review for it, I'd love to have that here on Explominate. If not, I will eventually get around to it when I finally develop or give the time that the game requires to to really you know understand it and then give some sort of critical thought on it um yeah it's the game looks great i've just not uh, I'm very much like like you i've played it through once i think and i really enjoyed it um now me being me i had loads of other things going on and other you know other games going on and i didn't go back to it that is not a slight on the game i must say that um it's the game itself looked really really interesting and i think it again much like Alliance of the Sacred Sun, it approaches the 4X, space 4X formula from a you know a very different angle, from a very top-down angle. And it, it's really, it's interesting in that respect. So it looks good. Yeah, for sure. I do like the idea of there being much more of a macro management aspect to the game than, you yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not moving around my own fleets. I'm telling them where to go. Or I'm actually, I'm moving them around, but I'm not like, there. there is a lot of autonomous actions you can perform, like or at least allow your admirals and stuff to take care of a lot of that stuff and yeah yes. like the the game is much more of a a an emperor feel like you're making very yeah. broad decisions and allowing your people to do the the small micro stuff so sure right it kind of reminds me a little bit of you know kind of king of king of dragon pass that kind of thing i mean i know it's not the same kind of game but where you, you you're not micromanaging your fleets to go in and and take certain planets necessarily you know you there's no tactical combat involved. You're not having to, you know, uh, manually place buildings down on the planet. It, you're 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 giving orders for your for your subordinates to do that. That's cool. I like that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. So, I'm someone who doesn't like to get too bogged down. So, <laughs> I'm, mm. I, it's a game I should probably play more. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do it. You know what? You you convinced me. I don't know how you did, but you did. Go ahead, man. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's another game that I want to talk about. It's called Astro Exodus. And as I mentioned last week, it has unfortunately been released to rather, uh, I would say mediocre to be friendly, but mediocre review scores. And I'm currently still working on mine. I had some stuff going on this week, as I can always say, probably. But the um, Fantastic Creatures review was way overdue. And I finally got that. So I wanted to post that this week. But next week, you can expect my Astro Exodus review. And the 
yeah, like I said, the the, the response, the re- reception has been pretty poor. Right now, it's still mostly negative on Steam. And with that, yeah. though, the developers have taken some time to at least address some of the most egregious things with a new version. So there was a patch that released this past week. And some of the stuff, like, uh, this is something that actually was in my review, and I'm leaving it in my review because it was, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was targeted at, at the, the release version of the game, but the strategy map was just so bright, right? And it was so colorful that it kind of took away and it made it difficult to understand everything that was going on. So there's actually a new visual styles feature that allows you to change the star map and battles to make them a little bit more dimmer, which sure. I think is actually nice. I've, I haven't checked it out. I'm going to, but that's, a, a, that's one thing. And there's many other things. So there's also new time control settings. There's a lot of new auto save features that they've changed. There's a, a lot of changes, surprisingly, because why was the game released without those things? This is this is the one question. I mean, I'm, I I think that the devs must be really really upset at the reaction. And I could I've worked for a game development company for a little while, and I know how much effort these guys put in, and I know how how much love they put into their games generally as well. Um, so I, I can imagine it must have been really really bad, but. You know, well, let's just hope that they they take on the criticism and they push the game forward, and they can move through those early reviews because there's not that many reviews, and it doesn't take much. You know, if they can if they can fix those initial issues, they can you know they can make the people who paid for the game happy. Maybe it can move on. And I mean, if uh, what's that game? What was that crazy game that's just had a end? Uh, excuse me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. What's the, what's that game where that started and everybody hated it and now they really love it and it's the uh, procedurally generated um, kind of elite style game. Oh, No Man's Sky. <laughs> no Man's Sky, that's the one. If a No yeah. Man's Sky can come back, Astro Exodus can come back too because <laughs> that was that was like really bad. Oh yeah, I mean I was in, I I bought No Man's Sky day one and I would have shouted from every rooftop in my city that. I hated it and wanted the developer to like <laughs> meet him is a miserable end. And now I yeah. can tell you that I think when it's, it's one of the better games I've ever played. So yeah, really? I is that good. No, it's fantastic. I've, I've played a lot of it. Um, and I, I genuinely feel like it's easily one of the biggest success stories from, you know, I am, if not the biggest success story from a game that was received so poorly and then, for him to have continued to work on it, and for, I guess him, I mean, Hello Games is not yeah. just one man, but unfortunately, the figurehead is very, very outspoken. But you know, for it them, it was to, the right thing to do. Yeah, Sorry, and, well, absolutely, and well, and and so what it is, I think that too is that they, and I don't mean to digress too much, but they like they sold an absolute shit ton of that game, <laughs> like like yes. so many copies of the game. So they were they've had money, right? And they were like, all right, well. Let's make this game the game that we would hoped it we'd hoped it had been, and the game that people had expected it to be. And now I'm telling you, it's there is a shit ton of stuff to do in No Man's Sky, and the progression system feels so much more fun, and the pacing and all that stuff just feels way fun. And I would love to see, and I don't think it's going to happen with Asterixis because I don't think Asterixis sold 10 million copies. But no, they certainly haven't. It would be no. cool to see, and I do think that they're on the right track because another thing I want to talk about is their little post about what's to come and what has, you know, what's on their to-do list. And sure. most of it was, ab- is most of it stuff that I've actually mentioned in my review as well. So uh, one of them in particular that, that stands out is the retrofit. So you can't retrofit ships in base game Asterixis, which is annoying as hell to me, right? Oh, wow, so yeah. you have ships that are like, you know, turn one, technology racing around and you can't do anything to retrofit them. You'd have to scrap them and then rebuild them, which is annoying. I don't That's know straight out of Master of Alone. Sorry. Uh, that was straight out of Master of Orion 1, wasn't it? I think. Uh, is that pretty sure? Yeah. Can you exactly. retrofit? I think not. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was an annoying feature then. <laughs> it's even more annoying now in 2020. So, and there's other <laughs> things like uh, the population, moving population among colonies. I always thought that was kind of frustrating too. You know, where you're developing new colonies and you can't send new colonists there, you know, to kind of help boost that colony's production and, and get it off the yeah. ground quicker, but you can't yep. do that. And that's in their future requests, like to do list. So sure. 
It's like they they added quite some of the really bad features from Master of Orion one, and and then they took out some of the stuff that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's actually my like the general just my review, and I don't really want. I mean, I'm I'm talking a lot about a review that's not done yet, but you yeah, know, sure. it's, it's it feels like it took. I mean, it's like all the the fun of a retro game with all of the shit, and I just <laughs> was like, you know, like at, the, at some level, you have to remember that at least I was hoping these developers would understand that like some of the stuff that these retro games did that, that they're trying to emulate clearly or trying to take a lot of inspiration from, you know, we, we could have, we, we want to not do with like deal with now in 2020. Like yep. I don't, some of these things, they're not fun. They're not cool features. They're just yep. limitations of 1990s, you know, like, so give me something more. And, and I think sure. thankfully it sounds like atomic Kaiser is very well aware of the, and they're getting they're getting constructive criticism, and I think that's the best part is that there's yes, like a, a, a core group of people that are like they're not like hey f you man like you screwed this yeah, up yeah. screw you no that, like that's right there's a, I was looking at the Steam forums beforehand and there's a lot of people there are people complaining about the game but there's also people that their tone is positive you know they want the game to work which is what that game needs right it needs it needs people playing it who want it to be good and. You know, so I think let's see what happens, eh? There's so many of these these Master of Orion, Master of Orion two. I don't want to say clones because that's not fair, but some of them are clones, um, and some of them are you know iterations on that on that kind of basic blueprint. Uh, there's so many of them now, and there's so many good ones as well. There are some really really good games. So that you, if you're going to make a game like that, it's got to it's got to either be taking the best parts of that uh, of that genre, you know that that subgenre. And iterating on it and exploring, pushing things out, or you you have to do like a really really good quality copy. Um, and I mean something like Remnant. Of, I've had a I've had a look at Remnants of the Precursors, and that's looking great actually. That's I really like Master Orion One. I think it's a really good game. I think it still stands up well today. And the main thing that would put somebody off playing it would be the you know the old DOS interface. And you know the, the, so and you get what I mean. I think there's there's a lot of these games out. They've got to get it right, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, more now than ever, because you have games like Interstellar Space Genesis, which, you know, is, I think, a very good iteration of, of Master of Ryan 2. And it's yep. not it's not quite there yet, but I think it's definitely headed in the right direction. And I feel like if you have sure. a game that's like that, where they've taken a lot of the the modern needs of a Forex gamer and have applied that to that genre formula, then you need to be like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, like, for... For, I mean, it's just so easy for them to have looked at that, and then, or even Stars and Shadow, which is a game that I think it is very, very similar in a lot of ways. I mean, it takes the same art concepts, the same color. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of a lot it's of blue. similarities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> blue. A, a was it you, Rob? Yeah. Oh, I blue. Was I, it you? Yeah. <laughs> that, the the uh, it was wasn't it? Recently, you were talking about how blue that game. I love Stars and Shadow. It's one of my favorite games. Out of all those. You know that subgenre that I'm talking about of kind of Master of Orion like games. That's my favorite. I really love that game. It's come on a long way. It's really good, for sure. And yeah, I know my my review. Uh, I do believe one of the negatives was just how blue it was, and I think that's <laughs> only because it could just use with there there if, if they could just have had like some variety to the strategic maps and like yeah. change some of the coloring, much like yeah. Endless Space 2, where I think I've mentioned this before, if you had, you know, a variety of different um, looks to each strategic map or like a rotating, you know, look that would have just kept it from being so damn blue, it would have been, (laughs) but it's still a great game. It's still, yeah, of course. I mean, and the wild thing about Stars and Shadows, it's still being worked on. And I know that we're, you know, we're days, weeks, maybe even just a couple months away from hearing about their new expansion. So I'm very excited about that. But yeah, so is it something to do with diplomacy? It doesn't. So Stars and Shadows oh. new diploma or um, uh, new expansion. You you got me thinking diplomacy. Um, Sorry. No, you're good. Now the new expansion is, I guess, centered around terraforming and has a oh, new okay. faction that's you know a terraforming faction, and they've they've okay. hinted at it through their forums. They've kind of only almost openly discussed some of the upcoming gameplay mechanics, but they haven't officially announced anything yet. But Sure. I do believe it's it's soon. It's really soon. Awesome. Yeah. And so we also have news about Pax Nova, which came out with a surprise patch. We we were supposed to be in the like the know of what's going on. They 
had told us we would get like the newest roadmap because they have uh, in, in a lot of ways, I think this is great, but they've kind of come back regrouped and said, all right, this game could be something really good and really, really special. And I agree. And so <laughs> let's give it, let's give it a little bit more time in the cooker before it releases out of early access. And so with that, they, they postponed it late last year. They were supposed to release it late last year. They said, no, we're going to do it 2020. And, when I spoke to some of the developers and some of the guys at Iceberg, they're like, yeah, we'll get back to you with a, a new and improved roadmap and kind of help you understand where we're going with this. That's still coming from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I look forward to being able to post that one day. But this patch, I had nothing, I had no idea about until it posted. But there's some good stuff here. So I guess the scientific victory was a little bit OP in the past. So they've made it so it's a little bit more difficult to achieve. They've added some improvements. They've added some new graphics. They've added a bunch of new AI changes and improvements. All the things you'd want to hear from a uh, 4X game. And I've made it pretty clear and pretty open that this is easily Grey Wolf's best 4X, I mean, best game, period. I mean, even yeah. just the guy behind Lords of the Black Sun is Mike Dominguez. He had had the old studio. I don't even remember what the name of the old studio was, but. He was the kind of like the figurehead of the old studio, and then he moved on to do Grey Wolf and Lords of the Black Sun, and then we had, um, damn, I forgot the name of the game before, but there was another game, and I, I'll, I'll remember it in a minute. And How do you rate had, Pax Nova? I, right now, honestly, it would be something I would recommend, yeah. and that's incredibly surprising to me because I wouldn't have expected it. In fact, at first, when it first came into early access, I was like, damn it. Like here, here it is again with another 4X game that they're making and it's so chock full of potential and it's just not, not meeting it. But they've done such a great job of using early access to respond to feedback and imp implement the best of the feedback to the point where I'm like, man, these are things, I mean, some of the, a lot of the things I've been saying in my videos or I've just been saying on the podcast and they're implementing them. And I don't think it's because they're hearing them from me. I just think they knew what the game needed and they're doing what they needed to do. So it's a, it's a game that, I mean, if it's $25 for a Forex game, if you like the idea of being able to not only colonize and control terrestrial areas and also, you know, move into space and, you know, have your space battles and stuff like that too, and have multiple planets. It's, it's, it's unique in that factor. Like it's, it's not a game or it's not a, that that type of gameplay hasn't been attempted very often, and I think no. that's what's new and exciting about Pax Nova. But I also it works well. Like, yeah, it works well, it, and I think the pacing well, of the game works well. It's it didn't at first. The pacing was actually pretty shitty at first, and now with a lot of the changes that they've made to you know, a like just now here they've they've recognized that the science victory was too too easily achieved, yeah. so they scaled that back and made it more difficult. But everything else, it just feels like each turn I'm doing something that's pretty important and each yeah. turn I'm, I'm actually enjoying myself. So those this are is why, um, sorry, I, I was just going to say, this is why early access, is, I think it's good for these developers because they don't have the, the money and the, you know, the, the studio size to be able to hire tons of testers. So the, these kind of changes that they're making, they're the sort of things that kind of come out, they come out in the wash once the game's been played for a certain amount of time, right? Um, so it sounds like they're, they're making good use of that. I'm looking forward to it being finished. I've, I've played it a little. I haven't played it a lot, but what I played, I enjoyed. I Actually, it was one of those where I kind of, I stopped playing after about six hours. I'm like, wow, where did those six hours go? That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 the same way with me. I've I've come back to it every patch just to see where it's coming and how it's progressing. And each time I'm pretty impressed by how, how well it's, imp it's improving. So I'm like, wow, okay. I'll come back to it, and I am excited for the full game, and I, I, I'm interested now to know when that will be. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's next month or four months from now. So, I know we're gonna get updates through Iceberg on that very soon. So, hopefully, you can check the site in the next week or so to, to get a feel for when that might be. So, stay tuned. Ah. Uh -huh. But now let's take a quick moment to hear a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now that's out of our way. And speaking of another game that's in a like an early access like beta period, a game that I have been extremely high on is Immortal Realms Vampire Wars. They just came out with their newest beta update. And they've also announced that it's on Xbox One and their game preview, like kind of early access program. But with that, they've got some new, oh, just a bunch of new stuff. Some new battle maps, which is great because that now there's going to be 16 battle maps, which is awesome. And they also have new mechanics with battle status effects and capture points and stuff like that. They also have added skills to leveling up the Lord. So those of you who've watched the videos that I made, you'll know that the the Lords were leveling up and they were just sort of gaining cards, but they weren't gaining any skills or anything like that. Now there's skills that these Lords can, I guess, choose from. And then we have visual variations on upgradable buildings, which is cool, new province effects, and new camera options. So all good things. I know this is expected in late spring, so we're probably going to look at, I'd say, you know, May or June and... I'm, 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 that's another game that I think is going to be, if you haven't already heard of it and you haven't even looked at it yet, you should check it out because it's basically total war with some Forex and vampires. And I, I think it's awesome. Turn-based Forex vampires, uh, total war style. Yeah. That's brilliant. It ticks all the boxes. I've not actually got this game yet, but it looks, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. The main complaint actually that I saw that, um, from looking at steam reviews were there's only four maps. Or something like this. So, oh, so that was something. Is a, you yeah, know, it's, it's a beta. I, I man, I wish I. I don't know. I'm gonna say it because I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or not. <laughs> I haven't been told specifically that I'm not, but I know that they're looking at making randomized generated or ma- randomly generated maps for the game. So, excellent. That, yeah, that should do away with that problem. Yeah, that sounds great. It looks really good, and one of the things you know, one of the things that stops me from playing Total. War- and I love Total War, particularly War, the Warhammer games. I love them, um, but it is I can't always be bothered with RTS, uh, uh, you know, with the with the tactical battles. I, and uh, the way that Total War kind of it, the way that it mismanages your uh, auto the auto battles is really not my <laughs> cup of tea. Uh, yeah. So I, the idea of a, a turn based game that's in the similar kind of vein that's great. That sounds it sounds like it's really good. I hope that I hope it's going to be successful. Yeah, and something I like about the turn-based game or the turn-based battles is that they're fast enough to be not terribly like they don't take away from the game, right? Like so, like the strategic sure. portion of the game, you sometimes will get like lost. Like, and, and this is the way I feel with Total War is that the the RTS combat feels so significant that I forget what I'm doing and the strategic map when yep. I come back to combat finally or yep, from combat. And yep. what I like about this game is that the combat is like it's very short and frenetic and it's also it's still very tactical there's still decisions to be made but they they don't feel like they're taking away so much from the strategic level of gameplay so yeah it's it's a perfect mix for me i'm just really really impressed by this game i i'm so i for me there's just a few games that catch me by surprise and you know somebody will say oh have you heard of this game and i'm like oh okay whatever and i'll look at them and i'll be like holy crap, what the hell? <laughs> like, where did this game come from? And Immortal Realms was a game that was just randomly suggested to me on one of my v- my YouTube videos. And I was like, okay, whatever. That game sounds dumb. Like, Immortal Realms Vampire Wars? It's probably dumb as hell. And <laughs> I checked out the, the Steam link, and, and I was like, wait, what? This game looks awesome. And then I played it, and I was just like, no way. This game is actually just as good as it looks, and it's getting yeah. better. So, uh, yeah. I, I'm You've made me excited now. I want to play it. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick up a copy and check it out. It sounds great. Yeah, it's it's very good. And I, I again, I think the the pacing of combat is just just about damn near perfect. So I'm I'm really excited to see where this game goes. Awesome. And speaking of games that took you by surprise, I know you like AI War too, don't you? I do. Fan. Very much so. Yeah. And I, I'm like we also said before, fan. yeah, we we said before that Chris Park is he is just he's got a mind for it, and yeah, I think he nailed this one out of the park. So. He's, a dri- he's driven, and I noticed that you've cunningly left me to this this enormous update, <laughs> and I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry, rebelling. Um, there's there is so much in here, and you know uh, it looks like they're constantly tweaking the AI. By the looks of it, this is this is the main law of AI war anyway. This kind of asymmetric thing where yeah, you're you are competing against this this AI that kind of it 
it really does evolve to how you're playing. And since they've, I think, was it last week you were talking about this, where they've added this new mechanic now where the AI is splitting its its forces into fire groups. I think they call it fire groups. Is that right? So yeah. it, it's now more reactive. So you can't just kind of fake it out so easily. That's a really great idea. And uh, th- so this new this new update, it's I think this is a beta update. Is that right? Um, beta one three two three. Let's have a look. Yeah, so it's I'm something you have to opt into for now, but it's... Uh, okay, they've added stuff with... Uh, okay, they've added some... It looks like they've added a load of achievements for Steam, some visual work with shields, the overall force fields have been redone, some balance tweaking. They've added some stuff to do with the macrophage. That's one of the uh, the added... the One of the added factions that you can add, isn't it? Um, harvesters... Yeah, there's loads of stuff. Man, seriously, I would love to be Chris Park's meth dealer. I bet that guy makes so much money, seriously. <laughs> like, how does he work so hard? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. The amount, of, like, the amount of content that these guys put out is just mind-blowing. And I know he's got help, and I know he has some, he has some guys that help him. Like, you know, so, but still, that's, it's absolutely incredible. He's really, really done well. Okay. It blows me away, and I know I mentioned this again last week too. That's something I've said four or five times this week, but it's just insane to me how frequent he has updated this game. And it's great because yeah. it's something to look forward to. And each week, I know there's going to be something for AI War Two that I can talk about. But yeah. just the pacing of his updates and improvements are—I don't—I don't know how he has. I know he's working on DLC for it. I have yeah. no idea how he has time to be doing all these tweaks and improvements and still be working on DLC in the background. So I'd, you're right. <laughs> he's got to be on math. <laughs> I don't, uh, just I don't know what way. it is. Uh, by the way, Chris, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm only joking. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think part of the explanation for this is he has some very, very dedicated um, temps, basically. I think that there's some guys who are, who are just helping him out and have just got really using it as an opportunity to show what they can do. And they're doing a really good job. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's overseeing it. I, I think that's about right, isn't it? That's the, that's the vibe I got anyway from the interview he did with him. Yeah, it, it sounds like he's got some really great helpers. Yeah, he's taken on some, and then he's also just got some volunteers that just love to help. So, I mean, yeah. he's he's developed himself. He's put himself in a position where he's got people that that like his games and care about what he does so much that yeah. people are willing to like donate their time to make this game better and. Uh, I think that's definitely absolutely it's got to be part of it because I know that some of those times like a lot of the times where you read those updates you can see I want to say it's like pangolin or penguin or something like that is doing stuff and that's like a big update or a big contributor sure. for for him and so yeah. I, yeah for sure I think that's great I, I'm I'm just in awe the last time I played it was probably maybe a month ago and I I bet it's unrecognizable now from how it was a month ago I'm, I'm certain because they've had some really big updates to it. So, yeah, man, here's the way I War too. It's great. Yeah, that'll be a game I definitely want to re-examine at some point because I feel like it's changing at such a rapid pace that people are going to want to know here in like a month. Like, <laughs> if you weren't already <laughs> excited about AI War Two, I think that the fact that it's already so much better and in, and improved in so many ways that it's a game that I mean, like, hell, it was like eleven dollars a couple weeks ago in that sale, and I just, it's so cheap, isn't it? It's ridiculous yeah. how cheap that game is, and it's always on sale as well. And if you, it's not even an RTS game. You know, the first one had was was like this kind of uh, bastard t- tower defense kind. Of, you know, it's the same kind of game, but it it they've taken the RTS kind of elements and streamlined them so that even like old fogies like us can play it. You don't have to be <laughs> you don't have to be a fourteen year old uh, Korean Diablo master to be able to have the reflexes to play it like you do with a lot of RTS. So it's you know it's really it's really good, man. It's it's a great game. I'm, I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to having an blast with it again. Yeah, for sure. It was one of my top games of 2019. So check it out if you haven't. You're crazy if you haven't. Speaking of updates, and this is something that I just want to tease you with because I've been in contact with Ray Fowler and we spoke of Remnants of the Precursors just a little bit ago. And he has told me that they're currently revamping the map UI. So they're going to make that more modern. And I think that was one of the last elements of the game that kind of felt like it was still out of the 90s. <laughs> like you could look at Remnants of the Precursor strategic map and be like, yeah, cool. This is exactly what it was like in, in 1991 or whatever. <laughs> but the that map and its UI is getting its overhaul. So that's being worked on currently. And I believe he'll have some sort of prototype or something to show very soon. Very excited about that. And he's also awesome. looking at making like a, a 
I guess like a pre-beta build available in like about four to six weeks with everything that he's working on right now. And then he'll make the official beta something that he has, uh, like that, that milestone will be hit when he has all the artwork done and stuff like that. So while the gameplay elements will still be there and all the gameplay changes and the UI elements and all that stuff will be in the next build, there will still be some like remnant art pieces that need to come in and he's going to wait for all those to get to, to, to the point where they're in the game before he calls it like the official beta. And then he's talking about a possible Steam release, which I think is huge because that'll put him, uh, you know, like I think there's going to be so many more eyes and so many more players, especially for a free game. I mean, he can't yeah. charge anything for it. So he's always going to have it as a free game. And I think free games that are this good are going to be well received on Steam. So yep. excited Definitely. to see that for him. And Definitely. then finally, it's, it's, oh, sorry. Sorry, no, carry on. Actually, I was moving on. So if you had something to say about Remnant, no. Talbot, <laughs> you're more. No, than I was just going to. I've I've had a. I've this is something that I've started looking at recently. It was after I watched your uh, your YouTube videos on it, Rob, and it's good. I like I like Master, It's it's a good Master of Orion one um, tribute. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I love the artwork. The artwork's fanatic. Uh, f- fanatic. Yeah. Fantastic, and I <laughs> I think that adds a lot to the gameplay when you have really great artwork, and then the writing too. I, I don't you know, the newer versions have some, uh, some of the races having very unique and asymmetric or, or, you know, like, um, role-playing type, uh, what am I looking for? Um, like reactions, I should say to your, you know, your various actions and stuff like that. So like now, you know, when you're playing as the, against the Mechlar, the Mechlar will say something very much like what you'd expect the Mechlar to say, like, you know, you know, does not compute and I'm going to murder or like assimilate all of you or whatever it is they're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it's yeah. been added for four of the races so far. And I know that, okay. you know, the guy, the one that's writing it is continuing to make that, you know, that it just is a lot of immersion to that, that kind of, um, you know, text response. So sure. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And yeah, I think, I think the project in general is just something that I, I just never expected. I never thought that I'd see a massive Ryan one remake done so well and done with the kind of love and uh, quality that I'm seeing. So the engine can, can handle some interesting stuff. Uh, it was, it was just yesterday that I, I followed a random Reddit link through to uh, Ray's YouTube page where he was, he was showing off, this is like from years ago as well. Uh, he was showing off a 50,000 uh, star galaxy that, that the game can handle. And it's just massive. And there's no way that Master of Orion can really, I don't know how that would be fun, but it was just interesting to see that <laughs> he's, you know, the, the way that he's approached the game design, um, it's not, I think he can take this in different directions, you know? I don't think it's necessarily, it doesn't have to just to be a Master of Orion clone with some UI updates and whatever. It's, I think that you can do something with this. It's really, it's a, it's a really interesting project and it sounds, it looks like he's doing well with it. Yeah, for sure. And I know he has plans to do some sort of like, uh, like branding of it. So like sell some maybe books or strategy books or like art books or something of that. So, yeah, you know, that just to kind of keep that thing going and I'm excited for that too. Yeah, definitely. Another teaser for you is that I'm hearing through the grapevine and it looks like on some of the forums that there's an Age of Wonders Planetfall update that may be coming very soon. Uh, I saw some teases from some people that are in the know and I'm excited to say that I believe that that's the case. So hopefully in the next week or so, we'll be talking about a rather significant Planetfall update. So that's awesome. the word and I can't wait to talk about it. So What a game. Yeah, fantastic game. and. Mm, like, <laughs> I don't want to say much more, but I know that okay, it's going to get well, a lot better. <laughs> so We'll keep it at that. Yeah. Uh, so, Ben, I have a game for you, and this is our What Is. This game was just announced today, and it is coming out a week from today. What is and it, it is called? It's called Corruption 2029. And okay. for those of you who have played Mutants Year Zero, which was the, like, weird, like, uh, like role-playing slash XCOM-like game. I, it was with a door and a duck. <laughs> and it was... it was Okay, so I actually reviewed it for a website called Game Watcher, which is actually a pretty big site. And sure. I was, you know, kind of temping with them for a little bit. And I played, I'd say, like 30 hours of it. It was a very 
okay, I'll say that aspects of it were very good. So I was really excited yeah. about, and I think the best part of it was the tactics and the tactical combat. And this game, this Corruption 2029, is a tactical game, period. Sure. So it looks like it's taking a lot of cues from XCOM and Phoenix Point and maybe even taking what's best about the Mutant Year Zero game and making sure. it its own game. So there's not much known about it. There's a really cool teaser video. I can't believe they announced it a week before it's going to come out. But for those of you who are tactics fans and have you know a, a, a penchant for... XCOM 2 or Phoenix Point or really anything tactical, you definitely want to check it out because it looks good and the graphics look really awesome and the gameplay looks pretty unique because it looks like it's more of a stealthy game, but it's also, you know, it, it deals with shooting people, which is cool. But yeah, for you that may have enjoyed Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Year Zero and then any tactics games, I would definitely check it out. Your link will be in the notes. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm sure Nate will listen. Well, maybe he won't. I don't know if he listens to this now that he's not on it. <laughs> if he is listening, that'll be a game he should check out. So, and those of you who are How's Nate like, doing, like, man? For well, uh unfortunately it doesn't seem to be going as well as he'd hoped. He'd already hoped that the repairs would be started by now. They have yeah. not. So, he's kind of in a bind right now where he doesn't even know where he's going to put anything if uh, when when the repairs start he doesn't know where he'd have any room to set up like a microphone or anything like that to continue with the weekly exchange so he's nice. waiting for them to start it so he understands what the like process is going to be like and what's going to be cut off and where he's going to need to keep stuff and you know what's going to be what so that hasn't even begun yet and it's sure. over a month since the actual current so he's frustrated for sure i can yeah. tell and that a lot has to do with the insurance companies and how they like to drag their feet. So I'm hoping, and this is what he's hoping as well, that by the end of this month, he'll have at least the ability to get on a couple times a month. So awesome. Yeah. I've been listening to the podcast for a while and you know, we all get to know people, don't we? A little yeah, listening to sure. them every week. And if anybody can handle that situation, I think Nate, Nate can. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I know he's grumpy about it, but you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I totally get it. Dude, yeah, I would be should. more than grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, he's got, I mean, just an, an, an unbelievable amount of damage to his house. Oh, and I, my. he sent me pictures and, you know, there's been plumbers and all sorts of various handyman that have been in there. And, and, you know, that looks like his whole house is just, like cut open from, I mean, there's like drywall completely ripped out in spots. And oh, I just, wow. I can't imagine that headache. And, he, and I know for a while that once they do get the work started, he won't have access to his basement or the majority of his like main floor for the majority of the time <laughs> wow. they're repairing it. So, oh man, here's yeah. to you, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're sorry, man. I really, I really feel for you. And I, we, we wish you a, a speedy recovery from that. But anyways, Absolutely. before we get going, Ben, what have you been playing? Have you been playing any Forex games? I have. Um, I've been playing Stars in Shadow a lot, and I've been, I love Stars in Shadow. I said this earlier. I think that that game is just, it's so replayable. Um, it does some surprising things. Like it, it, Every now and again, it just does something surprising, more so than I would expect from that kind of game with that kind of scope. So yeah, I've, I've, I've really been nailing Stars in Shadow. I've also been playing Galsiv 3 and... I've finally given Galsiv three the love that it deserves because it's a beautiful it's a beautiful woman and she needs she needs playing with. <laughs> <laughs> and, she has become uh, one, right? She got like a really nice yeah. makeover and she's actually pretty yeah. hot now. She's got a great plastic surgeon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's done some good structural work on her. But I think that Galsiv three is a really really good game, and it's it's kind of different to a, to a lot of the other four X games. It's still, you know, I mean, I remember playing the original Galsiv thinking. This really is just civilization in space, and it's come it's come on so so far from there, you know. And it's got good AI as well, and that's the thing. For me. Uh, if a game if a game has got good AI and it can you know they it can play it can play the game mechanics well, it it always is you know that that makes a big that makes a big difference for me. And I think Brad from Stardock's constantly tweaking it, and it, you can tell it's just a, it's just good. It's a great game. Yeah, and something I really liked is that I bought the Founders Edition, so I've gotten every piece of little DLC and everything like that. And the the recent Star Control DLCs, I was kind of iffy on when I heard of them. I was yeah. like, oh man, like don't don't do that. 
but I've realized they've yeah. done a very good job of it. They've actually made them feel and like I've, having played Star Control Origins, and then you know having seen them implemented into Galactic Civilizations Three, they're sure. very well implemented, and they kind of feel like they're almost part of the universe. And I, I really like that. I think it's yeah. fun, and I, you know, it adds a lot more flavor and a lot more tension to the game. And you're right. There's, I mean, I've, the last time I played it, I lost, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't generally lose. I'm not saying that I don't because I do lose, but I don't generally lose games in that fashion because it was like, I was, uh, you know, 200 something turns into the game, 300 turns in the game and I I <laughs> didn't win. And I was like, yeah, no, no, I didn't play four yeah. and a half hours of this game to lose. And yeah, it, it was, does that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a testament to the way the I played. It was a playing, a di- it was playing a different game. It was going after yeah. the precursor remnants of relics or whatever they called Sure. And and they they won that way. And for me, I was going about it. You know, my I don't I don't even know what my actual strategy was because I didn't really have one. Yeah. But I was just trying to do well, <laughs> yeah. and then maybe you know, start to yeah, and then maybe start taking out AI and all that stuff. But nope, uh, my focus, my lack of focus was someone else's boon, and sure. they beat and they me. They got you. Yeah, yeah they got me. <laughs> and I I remember just being like, you you got to be kidding me. Like I'm 300 and something turns into this. I was like, ah, but you know what? It, it, it left me feeling pretty good and, and realized, I realized then I was going to go back. So I will yeah. go back to that game. It is a good but game, man, no doubt. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's another game that's worthy of a re-examination because there's just so much has changed in that since even the last re-examination. I think our last re-examination of that game probably was a year and a half ago. Sure. Was that and, with Retribution? Was it Retribution? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I just it has changed imagine. since. It, they have updated. They've they've added some. They've added some interesting stuff. Um, yeah. With, particularly with regards to. I mean, they've just added some nice quality of life thing. So it's yeah, it's a great game. What yeah. about you, Rob? What you've been playing? Well, I have been playing Age of Wonders Planetfall, and yeah, so I I know a little bit about what's coming. Sure. But yeah, I'll leave it at that. And for okay. me too, I've also <laughs> <laughs> I fired up Pax Nova because I wanted to see what the update was like. I mean, there's nothing that you know. Like, it's probably the least obvious update so far of Pax Nova's tenure, yeah. but it definitely it just it reminded me of the, the fact that I liked the game and I was enjoying myself as well. And I, I continue to go back to Astro Exodus just because I'm trying to get a better critical feel of where my mind's at with it, and you know I'm trying to narrow in on a a score and just you know speak with some sort of authority. And sure. I, the more time I get with it, the the more I can do that. So, and then I, I've come back to the Star Drive 1 and the Black Box and Combined Arms mod again. I, I've enjoyed myself a lot with it. I re, uh, recorded a, a video of it last week, and I'm, I'm planning on recording another video tonight or tomorrow night. So Awesome. I've just picked yeah. up a copy of Star Drive, and I've, I've installed the mods. So uh, Black Box and um, Combined Arms. So I've never played it either. I've never played uh, that. That was one that just passed me by, and I, know, I don't know anything about it until... Until I saw your until I saw your let's play, so yeah, looks fun. Yeah, it's you know I'm, I think it's better that you never played it because when I mean, so I was was it disappointing so, when it came out? It was massively disappointing for me, and I'll yeah. I'll make this quick. But this was a game that actually kind of brought me back into Forex because it was right around the same time that that game and Endless Sledge, or I'm sorry, Endless Space came out that really kind of brought me back into Forex. And I was like, oh crap, there's games and they're good. And Zero invited me into the beta early because I had shown off like, you know, like I was like, I don't remember why, but I was kind of in, I'd gotten involved in that game before he'd even started asking for beta testers. And sure. when he'd asked for beta testers, I could be like, oh, you know, I've been here from the beginning. I want this game so badly. He just sent me a beta, beta key. And, and so I was involved pretty heavily in the beta and it was something that I felt very invested in. So when the game came out and a lot of the things that a lot of us, a lot of us beta testers were saying, Hey, this needs to be fixed or Hey, this could use some love or blah, blah. None of them were addressed. I felt very, uh, like almost like I'd been not ignored, but like, it's, I'm trying to think of the best word for it It was because it was, they weren't, they weren't listening. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that he didn't owe me anything, but I kind of felt no. like the same level. I just wasted my damn time. Like, yeah. you know, I was playing the game a lot because I did see that potential. And I was like, it was one of the few games that I beta tested and was like all tabbing out to write, write notes down as I was playing. Sure. And like, that's the kind of involvement I had in it. Right. And yeah, yeah. so I felt, you know, like, 
I just feel like he'd sort of screwed me over in a lot of ways, yeah. personally, you know? How and, dare you? <laughs> yeah, and I know that there's like this sort of le- like that level of entitlement that some people feel and some people yeah, like yeah. like be like, oh, you can't feel that way because you're, you know, whatever. But in this you're case- You're just I this guy playing my game. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But in this case, it was a lot different. Like I felt like my entitlement was actually somewhat warranted because- I had invested so much time and effort into it and yeah. it wasn't just my money. It was my time and it was my, sure. like my true passion to see yeah. a, a project get better. And so it, the game that it's become now with the black box and combined arms mod is the game that I had hoped to see it become back when it was released in 2014. <laughs> like, so it's sure. taken six years to get there and it's awesome that volunteer people have taken the time to make the game it, what it could have been. But you know, it's just, it's, and it's but it's a lot of fun now. So I'm, and I almost can I I can separate myself from what I want and what I felt back then and play it now and be like, holy hell, this is a great game, and sure. it's absolutely thanks to these people who have taken the time to to plug away at it because I know that they've been plugging away at black black box for like four or five years now. So absolutely, it wouldn't be the first four X game that's come out and it's a buggy mess uh, that has then been picked up later on. Case in point, Master of Magic. That uh, I I didn't I missed out on it first time round, but I've read about that game a lot, and it's only really recent community patches um, that have really kind of made that game. I mean, I love Master of Magic. I absolutely I still play it now. I mainly play it with the Caster of Magic mod by Seravi, who is also behind some of the community community patches. I believe uh, it's just an amazing game now, and it was apparently a real mess with like barely functioning AI, crash bugs, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, it sounds like Star Drive is the same kind of thing. It sounds like it was a bit of a buggy mess when they released it and, and Black Box has fixed it completely. So so that sounds great. Yeah, and I'd love to do that. I'd love to get back into Master Magic too. So I, I know we're doing the whole uh, modify spotless, or sorry, mod, modify playlist <laughs> uh, series. And I that's definitely one that I want to, I just haven't played enough Master of Magic in 20 years. Oh, but it's still one of the best, Rob. And Caster of Magic, it really, it doesn't change the game mechanics too much. There's a few things that are a little bit different from the original Master of Magic that that Cerevi's kind of tweaked in order to, to, it was mostly because the AI now works and because the AI, actually the AI is really good and it's really challenging. Um, So... He's had to change a few things, like the way roads work are a little bit different now. They, they, you don't move. You can't just defend all your territory with one army moving around on the roads. He's changed it, so it's just little things like that. But they've taken out all the, the some of the spells and units that were kind of, you know, kind of redundant. Um, he's kind of like tweaked them or changed them slightly. Um, he's not made too many changes though that the game's unrecognizable. It's just, it's just really good Master of Magic. And it, it, yeah, go ahead, Ron. I want to see you play that game. Take, do a let's play. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I'll have to prepare myself. So I <laughs> actually, not that I'm any, you know, I'm not a stranger to making a fool myself, but yeah, no, I'd probably want to prepare myself just because it has been that long. Yeah, but, and it's yeah. difficult. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, well, so awesome. before we end, I wanted to take a moment to thank all of our patrons. Again, you guys are, you know, a huge, huge boon to me. And I, I, you know, it motivates me to continue on even when things have been a bit rough these past few weeks and month or so. So I just want to take a moment to thank you all, those that support us that way. And everyone on the Discord, I love the interactions. I love being able to talk to you guys. It feels like a little Discord family we've got going. And those of you yeah. who come to the site and give us some sort of feedback on the articles we're putting out, I all that just means a lot to me. And it's the whole reason that I can and keep going with all this and... And it's the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm staying up. Well, I'm not staying up nearly as late as Ben is, but you know, <laughs> staying up until 1030, 11 o'clock, you know, editing podcasts and stuff. So thank you to all of you. And I do want to take a moment to thank Ben here, who has in the past helped me out with some of the podcast editing. So I thank you. Now that I have you in person, I can say thank you. Thank you for your help in the past. It's nothing. Thank you. <laughs> it's just been great to, to be able to. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. Thank you. Yeah, super glad to have you, and hopefully we can get you back on. And I'd love to have you and Drexy on because I feel like it would just be like a battle of the British, and I would be <laughs> outnumbered. <laughs> but it would be fun to have you guys both on. But yeah, thanks Ben for it joining sounds us. Like a tea party in the making. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like a reverse awesome. tea party. I don't know, but um, the yeah. So thanks for joining me, man, and hopefully we can have you on again in the future. And uh, until then, it I'd love was, that. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And but yeah, I guess next week I'll figure out who the hell's gonna be on the show with me. Maybe it'll be Ben again. Maybe it'll be Drexy. Maybe it'll be Ben Drexy. But until then, <laughs> this was Ben and Rob for Explominate, and we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.